Jesus brings, especially today, the hope that Jesus brings. And I read a story this week um, about that. There was a guy in a Middle Eastern hospital. He was a kind of an underground missionary, and um, he had been given a really bad diagnosis by the head, the head doctor there. And during that particular day um, that he had gone back in for treatment, um, they had always kept a kind of a, a positive outlook, really hope that this new medicine will work, and we're going to trust that, that your good attitude and your good faith and, and everyone's hard work is going to come out with the right result. Well, the particular morning that he went into the hospital to get his treatment, the head doctor wasn't there. A replacement doctor was there. And, and so the patient came in, and he was kind of like, yeah, I'm, you know, we're going to do this because I think things are going to go right, and I'm just believing in the best and really hopeful that God is going to heal me. And, and the replacement doctor said, has no one told you that there's no chance of surviving? You're going to die just in a matter of days? And you can imagine how that made the patient feel. So the next day, the patient went back in for another round of treatment, and the regular doctor that had always been positive had, was there, and, and he was like, man, what's wrong? You just don't seem like the same person today. And he was like, no, the doctor that was here yesterday took away all my hope. And the good doctor says, well, then we need to give you a new hope. And I wonder this morning for some of us if all of our hope has been taken away by life by struggles, by pain, and Jesus is here to give us a new hope. Amen? New hope in him, in our Christ, our solid rock, who will never leave us or forsake us. Brother Ted is going to read our scripture this morning. This is from the International Version 2, 1 through 11, Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 1 through 11. And as for you, you were dead in your transgression and sins in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now work, at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following the desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you very much. And I loved that phrase in there that rhymed with Christmas season for me is that this is all a gift from God. Grace, hope, salvation, forgiveness, sanctification, meet for each day is God's precious gift to you and I. And Jesus is God's gift of hope. 
during this Advent season that we're going to be focusing on today, especially the hope that Jesus brings in our life. And there are three things this morning I want to share together with you that Jesus does. And there's a whole lot more than that, but you don't want a 19-point sermon, right? Oh, everyone's awake all of a sudden. Okay, very good. I did do a 10-point sermon once, and you hung in there with me. Anyone remember that? You do remember it. Wow, I'm impressed. That's good. Hopefully that's a good remembrance and not a bad one. But three things that Jesus brings to us that just jumped out at me as I looked at this passage. There's a whole lot more, but we have a potluck to go to, um, good food, and we're excited about that. So there's three things that Jesus brings to us when we talk about this morning. The first one is, you'll see on the screen, is that Jesus brings God's revelation of himself to man. It means that because Jesus came, we get to know what God is like. The coming of Christ gives us a living picture of who God is and what God is like. Jesus' coming put a face on God. The Bible says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And for by him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. That's Colossians chapter 1. We live in an image-driven culture, don't we? Um, when we got ready to move to Vancouver and realized it was pretty much a certainty, one of the first things that we began to wonder is, where on earth are we going to live? We don't have a fifth wheel. We um, don't have family close enough that we um, could commute and, and frankly wouldn't want to live with them anyways because everybody needs their own space. As much as I love my mom and my dad, that would just would never work for anyone. Um, and so we began looking for a house some place to live in. It would have been one thing if all we could have read was a, was a verbal description on, a, you know, on the newspaper. This is the house that you're going to be looking at, and it has three bedrooms, and the, the floors are brown, and the walls are white, and it could have been two pages long of descriptions about what the house is going to be like, and especially for a guy, there was no way I could have pictured any of that. I had a picture of front door and stairs, you know, but for the most part, there'd be no way to really imagine what the house would be like to live in. And so what the uh, lady who owned the house did, decided to take living pictures of, of the entrance and going up the stairs and into the living room and then the hallway, and, and she just took dozens of pictures as he went through the house of what each room looked like and how the entrance and the exit to him went, and, and we're able to look through dozens of pictures of what our house might be like if we were able to go there. And it was so much easier to know what it would be like to live there, to know if it was something that we'd be able to enjoy and, and spend years in because of the images that were sent our way. And in, in our lives of faith, Jesus is God's reflection. Jesus is those downloadable images of how he lived his life, shows us the image and the face and the hand of God and what he's like as he came to live upon earth in a human body. And he came ultimately to die for us so that we could be forgiven. Imagine what the world would be like without God. The person of Jesus had never come to earth. We wouldn't have music like Bach or Beethoven or Handel's Messiah. Harvard and Yale would never exist because they started as Bible-believing schools of learning. Many scientists today wouldn't have given us their knowledge because it was as they studied the creation of God's work as they knew it that they found what they were able to learn. Many hospitals around the world would not exist because they're started by people of faith believing that God had sent them on a mission, just like God had sent Jesus on a mission to help the hurting and the weak and the wounded and the lost 
be healed and be restored. And so much of what we know as loving care today and compassion is revealed to us by the image of Jesus' life on this earth. Our way of dating history would be completely different because right now so much is hinged upon did it occur before Jesus' life or after. I don't think there'd be any churches on any street corner in any country or city or town if Jesus had never come onto the earth. There'd be no YMCA or we would have at best half a Bible to study. And I know that most of you would much rather study the New Testament than the Old. And Jesus came to give us the full revelation of God's personality and God's knowledge. We would not have John 3.16. if God had never sent his son into the world so that we might know his love and forgiveness and know that we could have everlasting life. There is so much that we'd be missing without Jesus upon this earth. And he came so that he could reveal God's personality, reveal God's character, reveal God's plan for you and I in order that we could put our faith and trust in him. There'd be no Christmas without Jesus. One of the songs that Hannah's choir sang last night, I don't remember the exact title, but we're going to sing Christmas carols. There'd be no Christmas carols without Jesus. There'd be no gospel to sing or to share without his love. And I read one writer wrote, said it would always be winter in the world, but never Christmas. Mary Magdalene would have died in her sins. Matthew, the tax collector, would have died a traitor to his countrymen. Peter, James, and John would have done nothing but fish their entire life. I wrote that this week, and I was like, and that's supposed to be bad? That was the one thing that stumped me. But God had so much more for them to do than just to be mere fishermen. They were evangelists. They were the apostles. They were the crucial foundation to what God was going to be laying in his creation of the early church. Paul would have never been more than a cruel Pharisee had Jesus not come onto the scene. And you and I would still be living in a world where faith was all about our performance. If Jesus had never come on the scene, it would still be about how good you you and I are right now at keeping 610 rules at least. And by the time that time had come to now, it would probably have been a whole lot more. And you think it's hard to be obedient now. (laughs) Just wait until the people in faith put lists upon you that take up an entire wall. Jesus said, that's not the way I want you to live your life in fear or in bondage. He said, I came in John chapter 14 to give you peace. Jesus' words, peace I leave with you, and my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete and that you may have life and have it to the fullest. It's why we sing and say the words Emmanuel at Christmas, is because God has come to be with us, to live alongside us, and to live inside of us. In this present moment, Jesus still lives inside of us to show the world what he is like. And so God, for you and I, has come to reveal himself to us so that we could know his love and forgiveness in order that through us he can continue to reflect the image of the Father through the way that you and I live our life. It's not, as I've said before, that he's come to wind us up 
and get us saved, and then we're set. It has come, he has come to fill us and to empower us so that his image, his reflection, his reality, the purpose and the image of God would live inside of you and live inside of me. And the way we go about our day is to be a reflection of the power and the image of who Jesus came to be. Another thing that Jesus did when he came is he came to forgive our sins. New life is promised to us because an old life dies. And only Jesus had the power to forgive. Think about it for a moment, the worst thing you've ever done. Some of you may have to think really hard. Some of you may not have to think that hard at all. Think about the worst thing that's ever, the worst decision that you made, the worst sin that you've ever committed in your life. And just think about it for a minute if there was never any hope of it being forgiven. I remember talking with the pastor that I got saved under about a conversation. I've told you the story about how he got a call from a guy who was a convicted murderer, and he was released from jail. His sentence was over, and he asked to meet with the pastor at dark in the middle of the night in a basement. And uh, you may not think that's a big deal, but just wait until you get a phone call at 1 o'clock in the morning from a guy you've never met saying that you're a convicted murderer and you'd like to meet with you in the middle of the night alone, at dark, in a basement. (laughs) And they met, and the whole purpose of this meeting was, can God forgive me? Can I go on? Is there any hope for my life now that I'm free and have to start over? Can I get beyond this? Will God get beyond this? decision that I've made in my life. And during those few moments together, he was able to help the man understand that the entire reason that Jesus exists was to free him from his past. And what hope we have is only in Jesus and his power to forgive us of our sins. Grace would not be a word that we know this morning if it hadn't been for Jesus Remember one way we can define grace as God's riches at whose expense? Christ's expense. It was because of Jesus that we can even know the grace that we so desperately ask for and pray for and need in our own life. Jesus came and talked to the woman caught in adultery, and he said in John chapter 8, verse 11, I don't condemn you. Go now and live your life free of sin. The fact that he could say those words to her proved to us that it is why he came. It is in order to free us from our past and give us passion for our future. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says it this way. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And this is what we are. We are children of God because Jesus came as the Son of God, providing the way for us to be adopted into his family. And because Jesus sacrificed himself for us, we have a new family. We have a new home. We have a new future. And it is why I love the church. It is why I am crazy about the church. It is why I will serve the church by God's grace until my last breath is because he has brought us together under the forgiveness of his love and the grace and the power of his spirit to join hands and join hearts together to serve him and to love one another and make a difference in the community that we live. And he has brought us all into this amazing family together. Look around you, and I hope that you can say, I'm so thankful for the people that God has placed in my spiritual family. Aren't you grateful this morning for that? 
Amen. I am so glad that God was able to send his son so that this guy who struggled to know what a family is like as a young child could come to the church and for the first time in his life meet love, meet unconditional love, meet forgiveness, meet acceptance. And the church is to model that above anything else, that whoever comes into our building, whoever comes into our homes or our hearts is loved simply because of who they are. Just the way Jesus came to the blind and the lame and the weak and the broken. And he went to them on purpose because he wanted them to know how much they were loved. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Christ came not only to bring us hope and to give us a sense of forgiveness, but he came to change the very nature of who we are. And thirdly and lastly this morning, he came to give us a hope that lasts beyond today, or you'll see on the screen a hope that is eternal. We uh, turned on the Ohio State football game last night with hopes that they were going to win. And I, I tell you, it, it, we didn't. I don't think we watched the very beginning of it. We turned it on, and they were up twenty-one to seven, I think. And 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 hope felt strong in the Fable household that everything was going to go well. And then it didn't take very long before it was twenty-one to fourteen, and and hope kind of kind of waned a little bit. And and as the game went on, they were tied, and the momentum changed, and and it was just two and a half quarters of this back and forth feeling. Uh, it's lost or it's going. And, and if you've ever watched a football game that wasn't a blowout and you cared about watching the game, you weren't forced to watch it, then you felt that seesaw of emotion. We're going to win. It's going to be great. We're doomed. What are we doing? What are we thinking? What, what's going on here? And we've all felt that swing of emotion in our own life. What am I doing? What is God doing? What's going on here? This is going to work out. Nothing's ever going to work out. We've all felt those swing of emotions in our, in our own life. And one of the things that Jesus brings is a rock-solid faith in him. Paul said it this way, as if in this life we have hope in Christ, if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. And what Jesus came to do is to give us hope of his grace and help in this life, but also to realize that there's an eternal hope in him that no one can ever take away from us, a hope that lasts forever. Jesus said, well done, your good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And he's teaching his disciples there that it's not only on this life that we will give an account of who we are and how we've lived, but there's going to come an eternal day when Jesus comes back again to take us all to be with him that we're going to spend an eternity getting to know what it's really like to worship in the presence of God. Aren't you excited for that day? When that trumpet sounds and Jesus comes again and he takes us into his eternal home. You know, I've, I've heard people say, I can't wait to go to heaven because there'll be no more death or dying there. Won't that be wonderful? No more goodbyes. No more grief, no more sorrow, no more tears. It says, I'll wipe away all tears from your eyes. 
We know just theologically that there will be no sin allowed. It will be a finally perfect place in every possible way. It will be perfect and pure and holy and special as only God could do it. And Jesus came on this earth to give us the promise of a hope that will last forever. And I read an illustration. I'm going to kind of lean towards closing with this. There's a story of a little boy who, uh, who was a snoop at Christmas time. Any of you like that when you were kids? Oh, come on, come on. Oh, you're a pretty good congregation, I believe it. I was a snoop when I was a kid, especially when I knew the particular present that I had asked for. And, and uh, so this, the kid in the story was a snoop to beat all snoops. And for some reason, he had decided this year that he needed a set of golf clubs. And uh, I don't know how you get a set of golf clubs in a box that a little boy can shake and rattle, but he was able to realize that the longest box was probably for him. And then when his mom put his name on it, he was for certain. And so he'd go when no one else was around, and he'd shake the box. And sure enough, it sure sounded like a set of golf clubs clinking around in there. And he was so excited about what his mom had got him. And he was already in that moment, in his mind and his heart, enjoying the pleasures of a future event, namely the unwrapping of his gift that had his name on it. He knew it was his, but it would not be handed over to him until Christmas morning. And then he would see with his eyes what he'd only beforehand seen with his heart. And Christmas means that Christ is the gift of us, of heaven. At this point, in many ways, the present is still wrapped. The package is still all contained with our name upon it. And we know what awaits us. It's ours because we know that Jesus has our hearts. But someday, when God designs it and only God knows the day, Jesus said, even I don't know. Only the Father knows the moment that he will come. One day, we're going to unwrap that most beautiful of gifts. The eternal home that God has planned for each and every one of us. And friends, there are times in our days in our lives where this hope is the greatest hope that you and I can hold on to. It may be that it's the only hope that we can hold on to. When I visited with Janice Rickert, she's 95 in a hospice care, and we don't know how much longer she's going to be with us, but I visited with her the other day, and, and she's like, I really don't know why, what I have to live for. I don't really know why I'm here. I don't understand anything that's going on. But, and this is where this precious little lady continues to minister and touch my heart, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. She quoted those words, and then she says, someday I'm going to be with him forever. And all this will just merely be a memory at best. The Bible says, now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. There's a new hope that Jesus brought into this world where we could be his own. We could have his name and bear his image. And God was finally revealed in human flesh, to the disciples and to those people in those early days of the church, that God came in human form, just like you and I, but was able to minister to those who were broken in such a way that their lives were changed forever. And Jesus came to reveal to the world that God has come to the broken, 
to you and me in our own mess, in our own trouble, in our own traps, in our own situations, simply to love us and to touch us and to transform us into the people that he has called us to be. He's come to point us in a direction that is pure and holy. He's come to live and walk alongside of us, to minister to us and minister in us so that we could know his love and joy. I still remember the look on my pastor's face when he told me, finally, the convicted murder in the basement at dark at 1 o'clock in the morning. Not just heard the words that he could be forgiven, but he knew He knew in his heart that God had, in that moment, forgiven him. And the guy said to him in those moments, I have, he's like, I have lived in the dungeon, literally, for so long. I've forgotten what it means to be happy about anything. He's like, but I could dance like no tomorrow. I could shout like no tomorrow. He's like, I feel something inside of me and living in me now that I could have never imagined could ever be there. Thank you, Pastor. God has changed my life forever. I know what it means to be forgiven. And Jesus came to bring us that hope and that promise that it doesn't matter, you name it. You name it. What did Jesus say on the cross? It's finished. It's done. His forgiveness is available to each and every one of us today. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, how many times we've done it, who knows about it, who doesn't know about it. God knows, and he said, believe on the name of my son Jesus, and you have the hope of everlasting life. You will be forgiven. And we have this hope that one day, this world, this present that we hold... The Spirit of God is like a wrapped present, and we know that there's grace inside because it, it exudes into our spirit. We know that there's forgiveness because we live in it each and every day. We know all the goodness of God revealed in the Spirit of God that lives in our lives, but there's this still unopened package, our eternity. And friends, it's like that styrofoam airplane that when put together had a wingspan of about like that. And it had more stickers on it than you could have imagined. That was the coolest Christmas present I can ever remember. And you know, it was even more wonderful to fly it than it was to shake it in the box. And we think about it and we preach about it and we read the words about heaven and it's pretty exciting. It's exciting to shake the box. But the hope for Christianity, the hope for God's children is that one day when Jesus comes, all the wrapping paper is going to come off. The box is going to be laid bare, and you and I are going to walk the streets of heaven. And we're going to know firsthand for all of eternity what it means to live in the presence of God. And Jesus came so that you and I could know the greatest gift that had ever been given, his love, his presence, his forgiveness, and his home. He's come to share that with each and every one of us today. Let's stand and we're going to close in a word of prayer and then invite you, if you are able to, to stay for cookies and fellowship. And we'll have a little bit extra time for that and around 12, 10, 12, 15 for those who are going to be eating together. We'll look forward to that.
Lord, it may be this morning we put our hope in a doctor or a, or a kind of medical treatment or a job or a retirement account or a relationship or our education or it could be anything. It could be we put our hope in our ability to be better today than we were yesterday or to try harder than we are now than we've ever tried before. And yet we know that as we live our life, it's kind of like watching a football game where it just seesaws back and forth and one day we feel like there's some hope and the other day it feels like all hope is lost and what in the world is going on with my life? And then Jesus came to reveal the face and the personality and the heart of God who came to give everything so that we could have all of him. Reveal a God of love and acceptance and forgiveness and healing and restoration and transformation and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, it doesn't matter how long or how short our list is. It doesn't matter how bad that worst thing is in our list that we've ever done. Because the fact of the matter is that the Bible says God forgets those things. It's not a part of his memory. And we need to focus on the hope and the promise of forgiveness that God has wiped our slate clean as far as ways the east is from the west (coughs) or our sins from the heart of God. And Lord, that we can stand here this morning forgiven, at peace, free, pure, holy before you, called to live a life of passion and purpose. We thank you, Lord, that's why you came. (coughs) And then, Lord, this morning, sometimes this may be a gift to this idea of life everlasting that we hold on our laps and we shake a lot. (coughs) Maybe that we don't really understand it much. Someday, Lord, it's going to be revealed in all of its glory. And we're so excited, we're so thankful for the hope that you bring. We pray you'd watch over us and bless us, Lord, as we follow you. And we'll praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.